Amen. Let's give him a great hand clap of praise if you would. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So good to see all of you here. Again, we say to all of our ladies and uh, all of our mothers today, we celebrate you. Uh, My wife has a special gift for each one of you. So be sure before you leave, you see us. We'll be in the foyer immediately after service. Now, I realize that I am the only thing between you and lunch. And some of you don't look like you have a very tolerant attitude toward things like that. So I'm going to try to be timely. But I do want to share with you what I feel like the Lord has laid uh, upon my heart today. I, I love Mother's Day because there's so many things that you can talk about. And uh, I love I, I love finding humorous things uh, that... Uh, they they come up with and I think my favorite is probably a mother's dictionary. You ever you ever seen what the mother's dictionary? You know what a dumb waiter is? It's that kid, it's that waiter that asks your kid if he wants dessert. That's the dumb waiter. Yeah. Or a full name. Anybody knows what a full name is? That's what you get called when they're really mad at you. And grandparents. They're the people who think your children are wonderful even though they're sure you're not raising them right. (laughs) Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. You may be seated. It began following the Civil War as a means of fostering friendship and community for a fractured nation. A nation that has just come out of the horrors of a civil war that has divided not only family but friends and has left a deep fissure in the country of hurt and anguish. To bridge that divide of hatred that was in this splintered nation, a woman by the name of Ann Jarvis call for mothers from both north and south to come together. And if anybody could heal the hurt of a nation, she felt like mothers would be the great source of that. And so in 1868, she started a committee which was established for the purpose of bringing together these mothers for the hope of bringing reconciliation into our broken nation. It was called Mother's Friendship Day. She would die, but her daughter would pick up the mantle and carry it into its next phase and into the future would go with a, with a desire to honor her mother in not only her work, but what she had set out to do. And that was establish a day that would celebrate mothers all over the world. And so in 1904, uh, this Anna Jarvis Reeves had the first Mother's Day celebration in a Methodist church in the East. And she began to pursue the political arena to try to bring honor to it nationally. And finally in 1914, 
Woodrow Wilson signed into effect a law that made it a national holiday. Today, it is one of the most celebrated days around the world. It is the day when more phone calls are made than any other day of the year. 122 million calls, and they say those numbers are probably not accurate because of the advent of the cell phone. It is the busiest day of the year for restaurants. 87 million people will be taking their mothers out to eat. That's a great hint for those of you that don't have plans. One-fourth of all flowers purchased this year have been purchased for the occasion of Mother's Day. And over $23 billion will be spent in honoring mothers. Interesting facts. For mothers who feel overburdened by your brood, let me introduce you to Miss Fyodor Vasilvia of Russia. She gave birth to 69 children in her lifetime, 16 pair of twins, 7 sets of triplets, and 4 sets of quadruplets between 1725 and 1765. Say it ain't so. <laughs> yes. Elizabeth Ann Battle gives a whole new meaning to second family. She gave birth to her first child, which was a girl, on May the 9th, 1956. And then 60 years later, she gave birth to a son on November the 20th, 1997, making the babies 41 years and 185 days apart. Now, I've got one other little point, but the only one that's probably humorous with would be men, and so I won't say it. But if you want to know it, just come and talk to me after church. So much can be said about mothers, but never enough. Never enough. Someone has aptly said that a mom's hug lasts long after she lets go. And I think all of us can concur with that. Another surmise that an ounce of mother is worth a ton of preacher. And I would say amen to that. One lady said before becoming a mother, she had a hundred theories on how to bring up children. And now she has seven children and only one theory. Love them. Every day, all day, on any day, just love them. Especially when they don't deserve your love. Mothers and grandmothers and roses are much the same. Each are God's masterpieces with different names. Irma Bombeck said it best. When your mother asks you, do you want a piece of advice? It's a mere formality. It doesn't matter if you answer yes or no. She's going to give it to you anyway. Amen. Mother's Day 2019, what a very special day. All of our mothers, would you please stand right now? If you are a mother, would you please stand? Let's give them a great hand. Amen.
you can remain standing. Now, all of our ladies, we want to honor all of our ladies. Would you please stand too? You're the heartbeat of life. We give you praise this morning. Amen. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Thank you for every lady and every mother represented in this church. Amen. The most influential people in the world are mothers. And there is nothing more powerful that I know of in life than a mother's influence. It goes with you the entirety of your life. And Ann Jarvis understood that. She understood that if there was anything that could bring healing in a nation, it would have to begin with the mothers of America. I believe that that principle is still true in the year 2019. And instead of letting our world dumb down motherhood and make it an occupation to avoid, we need to elevate it and understand the power of the influence of a mother over not only her children but her family and how needed it is in this world. I have a very unusual passage of scripture for my subject this morning. I'm going to take you to the book of Revelation. You don't have to stand, but Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 1. And then I'm going to go to Revelation chapter 17 and verse 3 through verse 6. And I have a big timer on the wall back there, so I know what time it is. And I'll let you out before your stomach tells you it's time to go. Revelation chapter 12, it reads like this. And there appeared a great wonder. Everybody say a great wonder. There appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Revelation chapter 17 and verse number 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. Verse number 6 said, And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And there appeared a great wonder in the heavens. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning, and I'm not trying to be facetious or too funny, but I want to talk to you about the true wonder woman. Amen. The true wonder woman. Wonder woman as we know it, was a a creation 
a fictional character by a man by the name of Charles Moulton. The character drew a great deal of its inspiration from the early feminist movement and birth control pioneer Margaret Sanger. It found its way into comic books in 1941 and quickly became part of what is known as the Justice League, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. All of them fighting evil, rescuing them, rescuing themselves from all kind of danger, doing supernatural things it speaks of. So powerful is this woman, believe it or not, that June the 3rd has been labeled as Wonder Woman Day. You think I'm making that up, I'm not. But before Charles Moulton's creation of Wonder Woman ever existed, there was a Wonder Woman depicted in Scripture. I want to talk to you a little bit about her. Because there is also her antithesis. You see, from the very beginning, everything God created, the devil tried to create a substitute. He tried to create something that would look like and be similar to, but could never meet the merit of what God had created. And throughout scripture, you will find Two kinds of women that are depicted in one setting in scripture. It is before Solomon when he first arrived at the throne of Israel. He was presented with a dilemma. Two mothers who had just recently given birth had children and one of them had rolled over on her child in the night and suffocated that baby. And when she awakened to realize what had happened, she secretly switched her dead baby with the other woman's living baby. And when the other mother awoke and realized that her child was dead, she began to moan and wail as any mother, but then she realized, this is not my child. And so they bring the two mothers before Solomon. And Solomon listens to them as they make their appeal. And finally... Solomon looks at one of the guards standing by and he said, bring me a sword and let's divide the baby and give half of it to one of you and the other one can have the other half. And the one who was was the mother of the dead baby, who was willing to sacrifice whatever to get what she wanted, said, okay, do that. But it was the true mother that spoke up and said, I'll sacrifice my part so that the child can live. And so you see the first evidence of a woman that arises whose motivation is selfish and self-centered. And she's willing to do anything to get what she wants. But on the other hand, you have a mother who is true and is willing to sacrifice whatever that the child may live. I want to tell you something this morning. I am thankful for every true mother that will let the child live. Amen. 
You find her again in Proverbs. And you find both women in Proverbs. You find the ultimate description of a a woman of worth in Proverbs 31. And I know that many of you may be intimidated by that chapter because it speaks of so many things that seem impossible for you to do. There's no way I can be that perfect. That's what you, you, you've got it wrong. That's not what you need to focus on. What you need to do is read through the entirety of it until you get to the end when he tells what is the true source of the woman's greatness. And it wasn't that she did everything perfect, but it was that she feared God. And because she feared God, she was honored in her family. She was elevated by her children. She was looked at in a whole different light. Amen. Both of the women of Revelation are spoken of as women of wonder. The word wonder comes from the Greek word, which means a person or a thing that is distinguished in form from others. It is something unique. But they were wonders for different reasons. One was a wonder for all the right reasons, and one a wonder for all of the wrong reasons. You see, there is a woman that the world portrays that has all of the glitz and the glimmer and all of the magnificence that appeals to the natural eye. But when you go beyond the outward appearance, you discover that inside is something unworthy and unclean. There is no substance to her. She is a wonder for all of the wrong reasons. Her beauty, if you call it that, is contrived. It is made up. She is showy and displays wealth and dresses to impress and is arrayed in gold and diamonds and pearls and scarlet and purple, which were the the garments that were worn only by the wealthy and the rich because of the costliness of the dyes that were needed to make those garments She looked like everything that a woman would want to be. But let me tell you something about looks this morning. Looks are deceiving. Amen. Somebody say that with me. Looks are deceiving. Her beauty is distinguished so that that which is lurking underneath will not be seen. Because underneath is something evil and vile and wicked. Something deceitful and dark. And all that she is wearing, all of the gaudiness of her external appearance is a disguise so that you don't see what's really underneath. And you don't really see what she truly is. That's the woman the world projects. That as long as you look the way you need to look on the outside, that's all that really matters. But her beauty is a disguise for what is lurking under the surface. All of this is needed. All of it is needed 
to enhance her beauty because that is the best there is of her. What you see on the outside. Because when you look beneath that exterior, what is on the inside, is something that none of us would want to be associated with. But that's the woman the world projects. The woman that the world tries to make every one of you women appeal to. That which is showy and that which is glittering and that which is glimmering and that which is magnificent as long as I look the part. Don't worry about playing the part. Amen. But she's a woman of darkness. She wears no crown, but she has an identity. She is called mystery. Mystery. Nobody can know her true intent. Nobody knows what is underneath. Mystery, not in the trendy way that we use it in, oh, she's so mysterious. But in a way that describes a hidden agenda. That underneath the surface, there's something that you don't want to be connected to. She has the best this world can afford. The finery, the precious things of earth. But she has nothing of heaven about her. There is nothing of glory about her. She is the world's, listen to me. She is the world's best offer of what it can do for you ladies. And it's not very good. Amen. Well, some of you men say amen. 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 She rides on a beast. She feasts on blood. She is a mother of everything offensive. She is associated with Babylon, which means confusion. She is pregnant with hatred. But she's the woman the world portrays. This is what you need to be like. As long as you have this, it doesn't matter what your character is. It doesn't matter what you are behind closed doors. It doesn't matter what your motives are. As long as the outward appearance is appealing to the eye. But the true wonder woman is the one that is defined in Revelation 12. And I'm going to close with these words. The true wonder woman is defined in clear detail. And she is defined with a heavenly influence over her life. Everything that is mentioned about her is heavenly. Her robe is the robe of the sun. She stands with her feet on the moon. And she wears a crown with 12 stars. All of them heavenly beings. The influence of her life is from a heavenly perspective. She manifests all that is to be desired. And she is the only woman that survives the chaotic ends of this world. Read it for yourself. The only woman that survives is the woman of Revelation 12. 
Now, I know I'm not in here to argue or debate with you all the typologies. I'm not here to talk about eschatology. I'm just here to talk about the true Wonder Woman. And the true Wonder Woman scripturally is the woman who is clothed with the sun. The clothing she wears identifies her with who she is. Amen. Your clothing, not just your outer garment. I'm talking about the character that makes you who you are. The thing, you know what character is? Character is who you are when nobody else is around. All the other is pretense. But character is what I am when nobody's looking. And her character is manifest as having a heavenly touch upon it. That when you look at her, you see a radiance about her. You see a purity in her. Her beauty does not come from herself and what she can do for herself. But it comes from what God can do in her life. Let me tell you something, ladies. You are the most beautiful women on the face of the earth because you have the touch of heaven upon your life. And don't ever let the world tell you anything differently. You are not old-fashioned. You are not outdated. You are not with it. Amen. I would say it would be more important for you to have a touch of heaven on your life than a touch of gold. Or a touch of glitz. It would be more important for you to be clothed in a beauty not your own. Clear and clean. She is in covenant with God and she is a product of light, not darkness. She is a dispenser of illumination. You cannot be around her without feeling her effect and influence. She has a radiance. My question to you this morning, ladies, what are you clothed with today? I would pray that it would be with that heavenly excellence, that godly influence, That is so much better than anything that the world could ever offer you. That is so much more pure and uplifting. If you want anybody to elevate you, God is the one that's going to elevate you. If there's anybody that's going to give you praise, God who created you is going to be the one to give you praise. The true wonder woman is a woman who is marked by excellence. Amen. Excellence. Glory. Praise God. Read it. First Peter chapter 5 and 5. I don't have time to go there. Proverbs chapter 31. Both of them convey what I'm talking to you about. The second thing I want you to notice about the true wonder woman is her position that she occupies. She stood with her feet on the moon. Now, Again, I'm not getting into arguments about eschatology because there are so many different various thoughts about what the moon represented there. But I want to go back to the original uh, meaning of the moon. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, the Bible speaks of the moon as being the lesser light. 
And what I see with this woman who is arrayed in the sun, she is clothed in the sun, spell it S-U-N or S-O-N. She is clothed in a radiance not her own. And she is standing on the lesser light. When I read that, I thought, God, this is the true value of the true wonder woman is that she lives above lesser things. She lives above lesser things. She has victory over lesser things. What do you mean by lesser things? I'm talking about prejudices and hatred and bitterness and strife. And all of the manifestations that come from the flesh and the world. She lives with her feet on top of it. It's not in her heart. It's under her feet. She subdues her prejudices. She subdues her hatred. She immerses her grievances in the love of God. And she stands erect with her feet on the moon. Amen. You see, the moon reflects change and the phases that come and go. And and when she stands on that moon, she is standing above those changes. You, you see, life is constantly in motion and changing. And what I love about the true Wonder Woman is that she's not deriving her purpose and she's not deriving her sense of well-being from what's going on under her feet. She is getting her purpose from what surrounds her. And that's the light of the Son of the living God. She lives above inconsistency. She lives settled with her feet rooted in the right place place and the moon can be whatever you want to type it to but the original word meant the lesser light and when I read that I read of a woman that exhibits a stability in the most chaotic times of change and she does not look to the times to determine her purpose amen and lastly she wears a crown of 12 stars again a heavenly influence. Twelve is the number of God's power and God's authority. It is the number of completeness. It is the number of heaven. Twelve gates made of twelve pearls. Amen. It is four square, which is twelve multiplied. It is a beautiful place that is symbolic of God's completeness. It is all in all. And this wonder woman, this woman of wonder, wears as her crown another world, another purpose, another calling. She is anointed with a special anointing. She lives under a divine appointment. This world is not her home. This world is not her final destination. There's another world that's calling her. There's another world that has already crowned her and called her its own. And that world will outlast everything. Amen. Her head is adorned again with heavenly things, which speaks of her rank and her beauty. I can think of nothing that is more beautiful than a woman who is crowned with such glory.
Don't you want to be identified with those heavenly things? Amen. Amen. The best part of all is that her story doesn't end in Revelation 12. You can read about it in Revelation 19 and Revelation 21 and Revelation 22. Her legacy lives on and on and on. How about your legacy, ladies? Where do you want it to end? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be identified with? Amen. I would pray that you would want to be identified with the true wonder woman. Amen. A woman who is clothed in the radiance of the sun. Underneath her feet is everything unstable and changing. All of the vicissitudes of life. She's overcome them. She stands above them. Life changes, but she stays steady and goes right on. And crowning her head is a crown of beauty not her own. It speaks of an anointing that comes from another world. I want to tell you something about godly women. There is an anointing upon their life that you cannot find anywhere else in life. That's why people on the job stop you and say, what is it about you? What is it when I, that I feel when I come into you? What is it that I sense when I'm around you? It's that touch of another world. Amen. That's what we need to be known for, ladies. That's what we need to be identified with is that touch of another world. Stand with me if you will. Praise God. Amen. I believe, and I don't mean this facetiously, but I believe we have some great wonder women in this church. You represent not the world at its best, but heaven at its best. And I'm thankful for your influence. I'm thankful for what you represent. And if I could challenge you today as a pastor and as a minister, I would challenge you to look beyond the synthetics and all of the imitations that the world has come up with to try to appeal to your taste and look beyond that to something that's going to last forever. And let there be a little bit of heaven on your life. Let there be a touch of another world on your life. Would you pray that with me right now? God, we pray for that touch of heaven upon our lives today. We pray for your hand to rest upon us. That for all of the ladies and mothers of this assembly today, that there would be upon their life a guiding hand, an influence that would be pure and holy, that would be clean and excellent and bright and filled with glory. God, that you would anoint them with the oil of gladness and bless them in their life and in their endeavors. In the name of Jesus, would you join hands with your family and those that are around you right now? Gracious Father, thank you today for your incredible church. 
that is typed after mother. Lord, I thank you today that when you came to this world, you took a lot of time to influence 12 men in the importance of mother. You took them to a wedding to start with as you began your ministry. And as you were dying on the cross, you made sure that mother was taken care of before you left this world to go to another world. Lord, I thank you today for every mother that's represented here today. Lord, I pray that her life be blessed today. In a world that would make fun of, ridicule, and mock her because she would choose to influence the lives of her children. I pray your blessing upon her today. Lord, I pray that this day is blessed in everything that she does. I pray that her family today would give her the honor and respect she deserves this day. Lord, I pray that from this day forward that your blessings would rest upon her life on a daily basis because she has such a tremendous influence in this world. Would you bless her in everything she does? Would you anoint her life as she touches the lives of her children? You've given her such incredible abilities to nurture and teach. So, Lord Jesus, I pray today that she'd feel comfortable in the blessing that you placed upon her life and that she wouldn't be afraid to let out of her life what you placed there as she influences her children and then children that are around her as well as not her own. No matter what kind of world she grew up in, she proves to us today that she doesn't have to repeat whatever the background was she came from. She can always start a new world and have a new relationship and teach her children the correct things even though she may not have been taught the correct things. Bless her life today, Jesus, in your wonderful name, in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you this morning. Be with your mothers today. Make this a great day in their life. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.